Good morning. It's November 21st. It's a gusty morning in New York City. The neighbors through the wall seem to have finished their sing-along with the radio. And so it is time for your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. Elon Musk, the world's richest man and most prominent Nazi sympathizer, followed through on his threat to sue Media Matters yesterday, complaining that it was unfair for the watchdog group to have demonstrated that the platform formerly known as Twitter will serve ads for major corporations alongside the abundant Nazi and other extremist content that the site now proudly hosts. The idea seems to be that Media Matters manipulated the system by following particularly toxic accounts, particularly toxic accounts which are, again, actually on the platform, and then observing the advertisements from major advertisers, which are, again, authentically on the platform, that were juxtaposed with the bad posts. None of this seems likely to attract any major advertisers who've fled the platform to come back, since it validates the premise that Twitter is infested with Nazis, as Elon Musk has encouraged it to be. But the point of the lawsuit isn't to clean up Musk's by now uncleanable reputation. The point of the lawsuit and an accompanying investigation announced by criminally indicted Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton whose office used to employ the lawyers behind Musk's civil suit, is to harass Media Matters and make it waste time and money on legal fees as punishment for its having published something true about an unpleasant rich person, and as a warning that other people who might do the same could be subject to the same kind of harassment. None of which is to say that with the wrong judge, or the right judge from their point of view, they might not win. Never underestimate the power of malice backed by money in our legal system. In other news about malice, the lead story on the front of the Times is about the fact that the frontrunner for one of the two major party presidential nominations is running an openly fascist campaign. The headline package is Autocratic Tone Intensifies Fears of Trump's Plans, Threat from Within, in quotes, Dehumanizing Language Toward Rivals Echoes Strong Men of Past. Good enough, although right from the top they get some of their history off. Donald J. Trump rose to power with political campaigns that largely attacked external targets, the Times writes, including immigration from predominantly Muslim countries and from south of the United States-Mexico border. But now, in his third presidential bid, some of his most vicious and debasing attacks have been leveled at domestic opponents. They're not wrong that Trump has shifted to a new kind of rhetoric that's overtly authoritarian and eliminationist toward broad swaths of American society, but if we're mapping out how he got there, it probably makes sense to remember that his very first national political cause in the publicity campaign that eventually carried him to the White House was the birther conspiracy, claiming that Barack Obama was not born in the U.S. Likewise, he attacked the judge in the Trump University fraud case for his Mexican ancestry. Locating the MAGA movement's roots in xenophobia grants Trump and his people the thing that they have always been looking for, which is the exclusion of people who are full-fledged Americans, all the way up to the person who was elected president of the United States in a landslide from membership in the nation. Still, at least the Times is trying to acknowledge that Trump's candidacy is profoundly dangerous and abnormal, and they've got 10 or 11 months to figure out how to best say it. One future editing tip, in a sentence like, Mr. Trump's shift comes as he and his allies devise plans for a second term that would upend some of the long-held norms of American democracy and the rule of law. You don't need to say some of the norms. That little flinch or wobble doesn't help. He has announced that he is going to upend norms of American democracy. 
The man has declared that he's going to prosecute his political opponents and purge the civil service. You don't need to give him credit because maybe he'll keep on having the turkey pardons. Speaking of which, Joe Biden did pardon the turkeys yesterday. On his 81st birthday, which the Times notes, makes him older than the turkey stunt, which got its start in the Truman administration. Elsewhere in our healthy nation, the Times notes on page A18 the fact that a batch of federal judges in Arkansas, including Trump appointees, unilaterally threw out the entire concept of Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act by declaring that the private citizens and rights groups that have been suing for voting rights under the law for generations do not, in fact, have the power to sue under the law. It's complete lawless nonsense, but it blocks them from carving away at the racist gerrymander in Arkansas. And once it makes its way to the Supreme Court, who knows how it might go. Turning back to page one. Sorry, it feels like we haven't done a good rustling paper effect in ages. The Times does a deep dive on the many, many ways in which New York fails to treat desperately mentally ill people until they do something violent. And honestly, even after that, it seems like most of the cases in the story, people just got thrown in prison. It's a multi-layered story of policy failure and incompetent administration. But the shortest version is just that when the mentally ill population was deinstitutionalized long ago, treatment was also demonetized. Down at the bottom of the page, there is Nature News, in which field studies among bonobos have upended the belief that social cooperation between unrelated groups is some unique hallmark of the human species. There is an expert quote on the subject. To have extended friendly cooperative relationships between members of other groups who have no kinship ties is really quite extraordinary, said Joan Silk, a primatologist at Arizona State University who was not involved in the study. More power to the bonobos, and God bless the scientific community for going out and doing the field work. But both in general terms and in the accomplishments of the gentle bonobos, this could not be less surprising. Betting against the specialness of human behavior and cognition is the safest long-term play in the realm of natural history. Everything is smarter than we thought it was. And bonobos love to get along just as much as our equally close cousins, the chimpanzees, love to murder each other. And speaking of primal archetypes... Inside the paper again, we have the news lead. The mayor of a small town in suburban New Jersey, who was recorded four years ago using racial slurs and saying he would never hire a female police officer, was charged on Monday with two unrelated crimes linked to his private landscaping business. Next paragraph. Sal Bonacorso, a Republican who for six terms has served as mayor of Clark, New Jersey, gained notoriety after a police lieutenant secretly taped him using racial slurs to refer to black people. Sal Bonacorso. You don't say. Who would have guessed that a guy from New Jersey named Sal Bonacorso could be mixed up in behavior like that? Mr. Bonacorso, the story goes on to say, was charged with official misconduct and accused of using his township offices and Clark employees to help run his private landscaping and oil tank removal business. Additionally, he is charged with forging an engineer's signature on permit applications to remove underground storage tanks. Who could believe that a man named Sal Bonacorso of Clark, New Jersey, could be involved in mishandling waste removal? That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we'll talk again tomorrow.